Welcome to 360 Timmy, the podcast with interesting people in 360 degrees. You can listen on all major music streaming services and watch on YouTube by going to youtube.com forward slash at 360 Timmy. Hello everyone, welcome again to another 360 Timmy. Today we're in Hadley in Essex, uh, walking around the ruins of Hadley Castle. And my special guest today is Lauren Clayton. Hello. Hi Lauren, welcome to the show. Uh, Lauren is a technology leader. Uh, she started work for a major broadcaster and technology company at the age of 16. She's been there 15 and a half years. What an incredible achievement that is. And we're gonna talk a bit about her journey there and what she does and uh, how she got the role. Great. So where did it start, Lauren? So, school. yeah, so I, I left school in uh, June 2007. Um, and pr well, prior to leaving school, we had to do some Trident work experience. So I thought, oh, I'll try that in London. I went uh, worked for my stepdad's bank where he worked at the time, quite near Fenchurch Street, so quite um, central London, and did a bit of two-week work experience. It's more admin, but it was good to get the feel of like the London life and commute as well. So that was that. Left school and then got my GCSE results. They wasn't the best, I must say. Like, I didn't get any A stars, A's. I think I got one B, mostly C's and a D. Um, and to be honest, I moved schools sort of that end of year nine time, so I got left with the, not the greatest um, options to take, but, you know, it is what it is. Did you have any idea what you wanted to do at that point? No, no. So I didn't think I really wanted, really wanted to do these options and exams because I wanted to... I don't know, be a hairdresser or something. Yeah. So still didn't really know. And when I left school, still didn't know. So I hadn't applied for college. Um, I just tried to get a job in London. Um, so my stepdad had worked in London for many, many years and he reached out to a few contacts. I think I had a couple of interviews, one with a bank. I can't remember where the other one was, but didn't have any success there. And then he reached out to a, an old colleague who worked for Sky, and uh, yeah, that was that was it really. So he put me in contact, and I think the email said something like, "It's an administrator in a team of technical analysts." And I thought, "Oh my god, this is going to be scary." You didn't even like, know what it meant. No, no, and even Sky, like you just turn on Sky and it works. That's how I thought it worked. So yeah, this was going to be a major. A leap into actually seeing how Sky does actually work. Um, so yeah, I, I, said I left school in June, but I didn't actually start the job until November. So I had a bit of time off, not really doing much. I think I had a couple of holidays. Um, but yeah, I started in November 2007 um, on the team of technical support analysts. And it was mainly being their team administrator, so setting up user accounts, minuting meetings, monitoring the mailbox. Um, but it was all good, good fun. The team were really great. I think there's about 10 of us on the team. So that was good. Based in Brick Lane, East London. Yeah. So a good location. And all, I was under 18 at that point, so couldn't really go out for drinks and the social side of it that much. Um, was it quite daunting going into a kind of a technical environment? I suppose, I suppose that's kind of predominantly Lots of men. Yes, and that is what I thought. I don't know if it actually said it in this original email, but when I joined the team, I said that's 10 people. 
I think there was one one other female on the team which was obviously nice for me but yeah in the office there was not many females at all and that has changed I've noticed over the long time I've been at Sky um, but uh, yeah it was very daunting and even on that train ride on the first day I was like oh my god this is scary because I was quite shy back then so even meeting all these new people not even my own age but some of them a few years older some of them 10 20 30 40 years older so yeah that was daunting but everyone was very welcoming I do remember on my first day actually though we got um to a down brick lane we uh we went out for curry yeah but it wasn't it's it didn't, quite famous for curry isn't it yeah it is but it didn't it didn't sell the Brick Lane, <laughs> Brick Lane curries for me, I must say. Um, so we didn't return to that one. But again, it's a nice welcome. And uh, but yeah, I did that for three years. So November '07 to is October 2010. And um, was that an apprenticeship? No, no. It was just a normal, normal role. Normal role. Yeah. So just applied for the job. Um, went through the processes and because I was young actually I was well, 16 I had to uh, have a few extra interview steps one with the director but that went well and I always remember I don't know why but he was asking about my options like GCSEs and I always remember I was telling him about the woodwork that I made so I don't know if that was the selling point or, or I don't know I don't know but it uh it obviously went well. You must have had a kind of inkling you had a bit of an engineering background there with woodwork. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but again, he made the decision to take on a 16-year-old, which I don't think they'd done. And I think, at that point, I don't even know if they had the apprenticeship scheme. So, yeah. yeah. So but that was it, a kind of admin role. But you're, more, you're more technical management now. Yes. So how did that come about? So, so yeah, I did that for three years and then as part of that actually I sort of got a bit of insight into change management. So, oops. Yeah, so change management is where, see there's lots of changes that need to be made to the network, sites, add capacity, etc. So you're plugging things in? Yeah, plugging things. Yeah, plugging things in, adding things, changing things, removing things. Um, and obviously, if you remove something, let's say if you're removing, I don't know, something in your fridge. Yeah. And it's holding something up above it. Yeah. Obviously, if you remove it, it's got to fall down. So. And what would the impact of a customer be there then? <laughs> the food's got to go. Yeah. Splat. I mean, <laughs> um, Yeah. So if you're removing a cable, it should be a low risk. Because say, if this cable's got no traffic like customer traffic going down it it should be low risk but if you know there was traffic going down it for example if it's unplugged that could impact broadband customers yeah could Im impact sort of the content going to those customers like on skyglass stream uh, now tv so yeah our team was there to basically review but all the teams across sky submitted these changes for various various domains as in network enterprise data centers for example they uh, submitted them into our team we had to just review them so they'd say this is the work they're doing this is how the steps implementation steps how we're going to do it backup plan in case there are issues test plan and key thing risks and impacts so we had to review those make sure there's sufficient info 
no conflicts with other changes. And if there's a change freeze, for example, say if the football's Premier League starting, change management would put a change freeze in place just to protect the network and services in those busy, busy periods. So you just have to make sure nothing conflicts with those sort of things too. And there's quite a few of these changes a week, I imagine, not just one. I've, yeah, I don't know the actual stats, but back then it was probably hundreds, but definitely now it's thousands and yeah. thousands. So thousands of things that could go wrong yeah. And suddenly customers haven't got broadband or TV. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Definitely. But it was good because where I was in the admin role, I was kind of in a like one specific environment, whereas going in change control, I got knowledge of many more domains. Yeah. And that's where I started to understand how the networks of the side of the world of Sky we're in, in terms of the network, content delivery, um, I sort of got a bit of an understanding how that worked. Isn't that your train that you go into London on? It is. It's going. Isn't that funny? Yeah, going the wrong way, but there's one there that will be uh, going the right way. Yeah. But yeah, that's my train. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it was good stepping stone change control. I was only in that role for two years, but um, it was good to give me that knowledge of the broader knowledge of Sky. As I said at the start, back before I joined Sky. Sky just works, like you turn it on and it works, the TV, broadband just works. Yeah. So I was starting to get an understanding of, oh actually, there's so many pieces to the puzzle that make it work. Um, so yeah, that was, that was good. I think we were only a small team at that point before they merged with sort of the wider Sky change management. Um, so that was two years, but as part of that role, I was supporting from a change perspective, um, one of the project management teams on some network migrations they were doing um, and a role came up in their team for a project coordinator so assisting project managers with their projects rather than owning your project and delivering it yourself yeah so i um so yeah i i went for that role and got got the role um and yeah i started that that was what must have that been? Uh, three, five, 2012. Uh, October 2012, I started that, and that was my stepping stone or first step into project delivery uh, where I am now. So, still 11 years later. Um, so, yeah, I started as a coordinator doing network changes. So, in this team and where I am now, it's really focused on the networks, the Sky Broadband Network, and primarily the, the CDN, so content delivery. So in short, the ways we get content to our end users, that's Sky Broadband, or also third-party ISP, such as BT, TalkTalk, Talk, Virgin Media. So that's if, you're, if you've got Sky Satellite or, or any of the streaming products, it's about making sure we've got servers that serve that video, like Game of Thrones or... Exactly. The latest Sky series. Yes, exactly. Sure that works. Exactly that. And when there are, say, these new Sky series where we're going to see a big peak in traffic, we have to make sure there's sufficient capacity and just so the end user gets it in the best quality, there's no lagging, etc. So with that, you're responsible for a lot of budget. Yeah, especially this role now. When I was coordinator for, I think, three years and a PM actually for five years. But over the last, I'd say, three three years where I went to senior and now program manager I've been um, in charge of a lot of a lot of uh, budgets particularly when we were delivering Sky Glass and Sky Stream for UK Italy um, so UK obviously launched in October 2021 and Italy last year 
So the 2021 budget was just under $55 million. Wow. So covering sort of the back end to glass where we do with our Comcast colleagues. Um, so the CDN, so the content delivery side, and also the network. So the network had to span Italy, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and connecting back to the UK. That's so quite a complex picture there. So Comcast bought Sky yep. a couple of years ago. They brought, and they brought over some this technology for yes. producing a TV that's run on IP, so you're connected to your broadband. No need for a satellite dish. Yep. That's, or an aerial. Yes, and they use it's called SDC, the Syndication Data Center, and they deploy this in the US already. And Sky were actually the first deployment in Europe. So there was um, quite a few changes. Maybe that when you're deploying in the US, you didn't really have to design for, deliver for, but in Europe there will see some changes there in terms of desi designs etc. So that was complex. And when was this happening? Oh this was, uh, well we launched in October 21 yeah. but we were working wow. backwards, it was like a two month project and we all know what happened in 2020. Yes. Um, we were just kicking this off probably January of that year and then March 2020 um, go that way. Let's turn around this no, way. <laughs> I think we would stumble down there. Well, yeah, good move not to proceed down there. Yes. As we're talking about the pandemic, we have a cliff edge. Yeah, like what's like that? that. Uh, yeah, no-go so zone. So everyone's forced to work from home, no one knows what's going on, and you've got to deploy thousands, well, millions of dollars worth of kit yes. into data centres that involve people moving things. Yes, exactly that. Okay. So we were all getting used to our work from home setup, you know, because we're so used to, with these projects and programs you'd have a lot of big workshops face to face where you can draw on whiteboards and you know plan things out when you talk to people face to face obviously yeah. it can be a lot easier and if there are issues you can especially on say the implementation or design stuff just draw on boards talk to each other for two hours and you know rather than trying to align everyone's schedules when you're working from home um, so yeah that was getting used to it but on the data center side they had to well originally there was i think they obviously had to sort up the ppe side of it yeah. and the rules and regulations that, how many people can be in the data center at once oh, yeah, and yeah. you know if you're installing loads of servers and patching in loads of tiny little cables it's not exactly the easiest i imagine when you've got ppe on i don't know if they have to wear gloves but you know it's not the uh, the easiest but you yeah, know it all it all worked out, delivered on time for um, UK. And, and then those guys in the data centres, they had special permission to, because it was seen as uh, public infrastructure, wasn't it? So it keeps yes. the telephones and the broadband going, obviously when people were working from home. So yep, they that had was how to. they were able to work. But we, but, you know, office people, you know, you were firmly at home for, it was a good two years, wasn't it? It was, office? yeah, we had a couple of spells where we were allowed back in but it was only really last year so 2022 where we properly went back into the office we're still hybrid but um yeah we try and plan the days for when the rest of our team are in to make use of face-to-face -face time so what was that that must have been a hell of a challenge working through that period it was it was really challenging and but on the flip side we do think in the team that if it wasn't for covid we might not have been able to deliver it or it would have been more stressful than it was because so during COVID there was not much else to do. So I think people had a tendency to just work the odd 
couple of hours or a few hours sometimes just to get the job done which obviously we're very grateful for yeah whereas if people were commuting to and from the office they wouldn't be so up for staying in the office till six seven o'clock or working in the evening so and at, at the time of delivering sky glass and sky stream did you know what it was because so, i know sometimes in in in, in big corporations, things are kept secret because it's big product launches. I mean, Apple's a classic example, isn't it? Where a new phone or something's coming out and... Mm -hmm. No, we didn't know at the start, but as, as, yeah, as we progressed and the trials were sort of starting to kick up, from my side anyway, um, I was lucky enough to be on the trials, so I got early visibility. Um, but yeah, so some people knew, um, but there was a big launch event in Sky HQ in West London, and uh, there was a lot of people there that said, oh wow, it's the TV, that's what it is. It's not just a IP solution, like a little, yeah, it's, it was a TV. Um, so do you got, did you get to go to some of those events? Yeah, we did. Um, so yeah, Austerley, Austerley in Essex today. That's where I live. And Austerley for me is a bit of a mission, like two and a half hours each way. But that's obviously, near Heathrow, West yeah, West near West Heathrow, West. really near Heathrow. You can see the see the planes coming in and taking off. Um, but yeah, that's where the the launch event was, um, early October 2021. Um, and we had, I think, we had a few suppliers come along as well, and suppliers that we'd been working on all throughout the project. Obviously, we're not allowed to. We can high level tell them what it is but obviously the tv the actual product itself we couldn't yeah. we couldn't say so it was nice to have some of those there to see see it firsthand and there was quite a cool set up like they unveiled they had loads of sky glasses around sort of yeah where you could have a little tour around little uh, was was a wasn't there a big press broadcast as well with the yes with the chief executive of uh Sky and I think the president of Comcast as well. That, that was it, yeah. And also a lucky enough moment, a few of the sort of the program team, there was a sort of a dry run the day before, so we got to go to go to that. Oh, that's good. really cool. Yeah, and that was I think that was over in East London as well, pretty near the O2. But that yeah. was that was really cool. And at that point, obviously, had the idea it was the TV, but I don't think. I know I had seen it because I've got on the trial, but I think some people in the room probably hadn't seen the, the model, you know, the style of the product. So, um, so that was really cool. And then obviously when we were in Austerley for the, the main, where everyone at Sky was told and then the, you know, the public were told, they, they showed that, that, you know, that presentation on, on the screen. Um, but that was really cool. So, you know, we started about where you started, uh, you know, kind of uh, a little bit of work experience and, and into a role and then suddenly now you're a technology leader with a budget responsibility of 50 odd million dollars yeah and no, and no, no uh, educa university education just self kind of self taught yeah. I guess if you, if you will definitely didn't go to college or uni um, and as I said at the very start I didn't get the greatest grades um, but uh, I didn't get the best grades, but I, uh, yeah, I just learned on the job, to be honest. I have learned so much, and like I said, I didn't know, Sky just worked. You turn the TV on, it works, broadband, it just works. Um, but uh, now I know, I've got very good understanding of how Sky, particularly, you know, the back-end side, the technology yeah. side works. And um, 
yeah, I really enjoy what I do. And the glass, the glass experience delivering it was probably the most intense, tense time at Sky, but especially Europe because as building out the network, which, you know, uh, also in COVID times as well. So it wasn't yeah. just UK COVID restrictions. We had the restrictions, whichever was happening in Italy, Germany, Austria, yeah. Switzerland. So All yeah. different as well, I imagine. Yeah, and yeah. at different times and thinking, oh yeah, we can install something because UK restrictions are okay, but oh no, actually in Germany, it might be a different restriction. So we had that to contend with, but um, yeah. We got through it and it was very busy but it was enjoyable at the same time it must be quite something when you work on something for so long and then you see it start advertised on tv or yes in cinema definitely definitely and the billboards and you think oh yeah i was key key and the team that we work on was absolutely key to getting that delivered and the thing is with our sort of work stream in the whole program we're first up if that makes sense because we're the back end network the comcast header that i mentioned we block a number of work a number of other work streams so if we delay or we're late we delay the rest of the plan so there's that extra amount of pressure but you know we uh we did it for the uk so we half knew what we were expecting or getting into but yeah it's just the more complexities of Europe. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Super it helped exciting. get us through COVID, I think. It kept us really busy during COVID, um, which was a good thing, I think. Yeah, I imagine, actually, because I suppose the thing about the COVID period was you didn't really know when it was going to end and where it was going to go. No, so no. I suppose it was a bit of a distraction. Definitely, it was. And especially the times at the very start where you just couldn't do anything you're only allowed out for a walk for half hour however yeah. long it was so kind of it's pros and cons we were stuck to our laptops quite a lot but you know there was nothing else to do sort of get bored of watching telly sometimes <laughs> so um yeah it was it was good on that front but yeah we're back to normal ish normal now we're not back in the office five days a week we're in this hybrid mode like I mentioned earlier but it works well Works I well. suppose you work with a lot of people in different countries anyway, so yes. you would be face-to-face uh, -face with everybody you work with. No. You must have people Italy, Germany, America. Yeah, this is the thing. It's, um, yeah, US, Italy, Germany, and even India as well. Some of our team in India. So if you were doing meetings that had to span, you might have some with European teams. And then America, you know, your day might start at... No, half seven or eight but if you need to have a late call with comcast you might stop at six or half six so being in the office those for those sort of days just you know prefer not to to just make it work around the meetings you've got so so yeah and that's also challenging to be honest with the european actually both deployments both deliveries uk and europe is just the time zone differences because we need we need to be in sync with the us team and if you need to hop on calls, especially big troubleshooting calls, you know, it can be silly o'clock for some people, especially the teams in India. If you think US and India time zones oh, are yes. quite... Oh, uh, that is quite extreme, uh, Yeah, yes, yeah, so I think there are a few calls when sort of on the networking side where 
I think, yeah, it's not too bad for us because we're kind of in the middle. But um, yeah, I think it may be half 10, 11 p.m. at night. But yeah, the and team are great. Yes, you also, I mean, you said about your, do your budget being in dollars, I imagine because it's owned by an American company, but you're also working in pounds and yes. you're in euros. Yes. Managing a budget in, in all those three Oh currencies. yeah, definitely. And um, especially when, yeah, you have to also prepare the budget in in those and you might get budget uh budget numbers from a team in dollars and some in euros and pounds but you've got to then put it all into the same and it's just making sure you've got it all tracked nicely so when it comes to yeah budget challenges or just allocating money you sort of know know what's what so yeah especially also with uh exchange rates changing that can also had some challenges as well but um but yes to keep organized with that sort of thing definitely absolutely well I, what an incredible journey i mean that is just you know i we're in as we're recording this they've just announced gcse results and what happens if you don't get the right pass grades to go to university but your proof you don't need to necessarily. yeah yeah you can if you want to learn you can definitely just learn on the job and um do you think that that would, in, in reflection now, is that better than going to university for you? For me, yes. Yeah, definitely. Because I think if I went uni, I would probably, uh, I'm not sure the exacts, but maybe left uni at 23 or 4. But at that point, I'd had eight years experience because I started at 16. So, yeah, for me, highly recommend. That's Worked it. for me well, definitely. Well, uh, at the age you're at now, early 30s, uh, can I come back in 10 years when you're the CEO or the CTO? <laughs> Definitely, yes. Yeah. We'll have a nice walk along Hadley Castle again. That's Sun it. will be shining. Yep, Absolutely. 100%. Well, Lauren, thank you very much. Been a great chat. Thank great you. meeting you and uh, have a good day. Yep, thank you for having me on. Take care. Cheers. Remember, you can watch the video version of this podcast on youtube.com forward slash at 360 Timmy. Episodes are available in regular or 360 view. More links on 360timmy.com.